Hello and welcome to this special episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing, John? Wendy, I'm well. This is special because we have been incredibly fortunate to find yet another tremendous (laughs) sponsor uh, with our new friends at Comps. Yes, that's, I was so excited to be able to to partner with them. We've been chatting with them for a while and finally found a time to make it work. Absolutely, and, and we're really excited. We're joined by Amy Sperling, who founded the company. I'm, uh, we are, we're really tying this into a, a bigger conversation. So podcast comes out now, and then on June 14th uh, will be our Twitter chat, Comped as our, as our co-hosts, yep. and we're going to be talking about employee perks, yeah. uh, some, some things specific to what Comp does, but some of the things in the bigger picture too. Wendy, we've had a lot of conversation of late about, about perks and work from home and remote. COVID has really changed things for us personally, professionally, and <laughs> for our, a lot of our peers. Yep. So I think that continuing to have this conversation and, and looking forward to to talking to Amy about some of the things that uh, that Comp is doing to address some of those things as well. But uh, like I said, super excited to get this thing going. I'm going to stop bl- uh, gushing, <laughs> blushing, everything in between. I'll let you make the introduction and we will get started. So excited to welcome Amy Sperling to the show. She is the co-founder and CEO of Comp, which is designing employee perks so they actually work. A serial entrepreneur, it is the time Amy spent as CFO and COO of early and growth stage companies prior to Comp that drives her belief that companies and employees can achieve so much more together when employees are fully supported. She was named Boston CFO of the Year by the Boston Business Journal in 2016, and she is a seasoned executive with over 15 years of experience in leadership roles at venture-based companies ranging from early startup phase through high growth and ultimately exit. So Amy, welcome to the show. Uh, Like we said, we are so excited to have you here. Thanks so much. It's been, I I was speaking to John, you know, before we started (laughs) recording, I am a huge kind of fangirl of both of you. I've been following (laughs) both of you on Twitter for a really long time. And I'm excited to be uh, spending some time with you today as well. Wonderful. Well, you know, we're kind of out of our normal recording schedule. Usually we're recording in the evening, but we do always ask what is in your glass. So what's in your glass this afternoon, Amy? This afternoon, it's water. So, you know, a little <laughs> pre, pre-cocktail hour hydration. We're okay with that. Yeah. We're okay with that. We, we certainly understand. You know, Amy, as I mentioned, we are so excited to be working with you and with Compt. And, and again, as, as Wendy mentioned, we've been talking for a little bit now. You know, how exactly did you get the idea or what was the impetus to create Compt? No, it was so I was CFO, COO of these companies where I'd sit over both finance and HR, both functions. So I was seeing things from a unique angle where you've obviously got the money side of things through the CFO lens, but you very much have the people aspects coming through HR and people ops. And it just, I mean, I was pitched all this various types of software. Most of it wasn't built by HR people, which was really frustrating. And I was seeing like, we're trying to drive engagement for our teams, making sure that people feel super supported. But it was all point solutions and anything I'd bring in would maybe 10% of the team would use whatever amazing perk it was that we brought in. And so this really came out of the collective frustration of me and the teams I worked with where it's like, look, we are all different human beings and we all need to be supported in different ways. 
And there's got to be a way that software can help that. And so that was really the genesis of, you know, this tool needs to exist so that people can be supported however they need to be supported um, as an individual. Uh, and that was really the, the genesis for why we wanted to start Compt. So when you meet someone and they ask you about Compt, how do you explain what you do? Hey, I guess it depends on who we meet, uh, you know, who the audience is. Uh, but at, at a high level, the way we think about what we do is that, you know, we're park management software that enables companies to really provide personalized perks and experiences to their employees so that every single employee can do something different. But this can happen at scale. So doing things that are standardized and at scale is usually the polar opposite of personalization. We actually don't think that those two things need to be different sides of a coin. We want to make sure that companies can manage budgets and align things with their culture, but that every employee can get the perks that they need um, and every person can do something different. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Amy. When you were out talking to customers, potential customers about employee perks, Mm-hmm. and what their employee base is looking for, or maybe what they're what they think their employee base is looking for. You know, how does Compt go about addressing that issue? The traditional way of approaching perks uh, when you're sitting in HR is that you get bombarded by, you know, thousands of vendors saying, I've got the cool new mental health app or student loan forgiveness or childcare. And these are all amazing things. But if you choose childcare, are you then not supporting mental health and vice versa? And like these are the choices that HR has been kind of handed to them, which are really unfair kind of complications. But you don't have an unlimited budget. The way we think about it is as a company, decide on what values you want to align to. Do you want to focus on being a family first company or maybe health and wellness or continuous learning or something that you want to focus on for the team? Uh, You determine what your budget is. So what you want to spend per employee per time period. And there's flexible time periods. And then from there, every employee can do something different. So, you know, we've got a company that we're working with that has the family category enabled. There's no vendors on this platform by design. That is very different from anything else in the market. I'm not going to build a better list of vendors than anybody else in HR is going to build. And so in order for this to truly work and meet everyone's needs, you have to approach that differently. The, the customer that we're working with that I mentioned, they have that family category and one of their employees had their hot water heater bust in the middle of a pandemic with kids at home, like absolute nightmare, (laughs) nightmare. And you can just like, you can feel the stress coming off of that employee. Well, instead of having to go and ask HR, can I, you know, get some help with this, like a super stressful situation because they had the family category enacted or enabled that employee just went paid for their hot water heater, got it installed and could have some of that cost offset by their company as part of their perk allowance. And so it was seamless, easy, and it's something that, you know, obviously, I don't know of any company that is creating a, you know, hot water heater busted perk (laughs) stipend, uh, because that's not a thing. But it's something like, imagine being that employee and knowing that your company has your back in the middle of absolute chaos, and the kind of loyalty that drives within that employee, that is so powerful. And that just happened without It was completely seamless. There wasn't any back and forth. There wasn't anything. The employee could just go do what they needed to do because the concept does with the family category is you determine who's in your family. You determine how they need to be supported. And then you go do it. You go spend that money how you think needs to matter for you and your family, however you define your family. I like that there's that flexibility in there 
and that's what people talk about all the time. You know, what they like about their benefits is the flexibility and their choice. And in all honesty, there's not a lot of choice when it comes to those perks and those benefits. So I like that you have the choice there and you also have that flexibility to be able to move and adjust without a lot of red tape to get the employees what they need um, to make life a little bit easier because that's what the perks are about. We've got five generations at work for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. So what a 22-year-old thinks continuous learning is, is very different than a 55-year-old. Doesn't mean that we don't all want to keep learning, but we're at different stages in our career and our personal journey. There needs to be flexibility for that. And just having, you know, it to be able to match this with a number of vendors, you'd have to have an infinite number of vendors to be mm-hmm. able to accommodate this. And nobody's going to look at a page that has thousands and thousands of vendors. Like that's just the reality. So this is a way to approach that that allows every single employee to do something different, but at scale. Amy, you talked specifically about the family category. Can you maybe explain without all the details or all the architecture, but maybe talk a little bit about the different components or how does that break out? The way this works is that, you know, whatever category and you can have multiple that are enacted. So you can have one budget that can work for health and wellness and family and student loan repayment and continuous learning. And if the employee wants to spend, you know, I'll use $100 a month on one of those categories and not the others, they can. Or if it's split across, they can do whatever they want. The way that works on an employee side is that you select the category, you upload a receipt for whatever it was that you bought. And then we do all the tax classification on the back end and HR processes it through payroll so that the employee gets reimbursed, taxes happen, and finance doesn't have to touch anything. So it's completely seamless and just shows up in your bank account. Finance would like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finance loves it. I mean, I am a former CFO, so, you know, I got rid of all the expense reports. You know, that was by design. Nice. <laughs> but it's also like it, it reduces the amount of time HR spending, too, because so much of my HR team's time was being spent on vendor management mm-hmm. instead of being spent on performance management, coaching the team, really building out, uh, you know, robust like training programs, like the things that make HR amazing and special were being lost where they were like, okay, so we're going to have yoga on Tuesday in the conference room and booking it. Like they became administrators. And that was just a complete, like, it's just a waste of amazing skill set. And so we're like, let us be all the plumbing for that stuff. And you go do the amazing things that you do because they're so vital. So we talk a lot about team recognition on the HR social hour. Would you tell us about that component of the platform? There's obviously the individual perks stuff that can happen through the platform. The other thing that we've got is a way to do spot bonuses. So not everybody should necessarily get the same thing at the same time. Like some people are going above and beyond. Maybe there's like, a you know, I've seen president's clubs. I've seen, you know, all kinds of ways that companies are using it, peer-to-peer concepts. Uh, what typically happens in my experience is that companies frequently will send a note to an employee and give them a gift card. And the more important piece of that is the note that they give the employee, not the gift card. The gift card sits in their wallet. They probably forget about it. Uh, And if they ever use it, they're not thinking, oh, this is amazing. I was able to go to Applebee's on my company. Like that's, they're, they're not getting that kind of feel good moment. Instead of doing something like that, we try and keep driving it back towards that engagement and making sure that employees feel really supported and special. So you can give a spot bonus to an employee through our platform where you can select the person, the amount of money, uh, and then you can either put it on one of the stipends that's already available, or you can have a bonus stipend that they only get if you've selected to give them a spot bonus. They get an email with a really nice note that you get to write, so it can be personalized to the person. 
uh, letting them know that they've got this. But then you're creating again that that virtual cycle where they are to be able to use it. They're engaging with it. They've got that moment where they're like, oh, this is the way my company is supporting me. And you're driving that additional engagement with the employees. And we've just seen tremendous benefits to companies and employees through that that process. Amy, we've talked a lot about recognition and personalization. It seems like that's becoming, it seems like something that should have been around forever, right? <laughs> right. To your point earlier, multi-generational, think people want different things. Wouldn't it be nice to be recognized in a way that I would like to be recognized? Right. It's not going to break the bank for the company, but it has that personalization. Do you see a lot of pushback from potential customers with that? Is is it still a foreign concept to people to, to move towards this more hyper-personalization of benefits and, and something like a comp would deliver? The pushback isn't on the personalization because I, I agree with you that that's where everyone wants to go. They just need to be able to do it in a way that is scalable. Like HR does not have extra hours. It's usually the most understaffed team in the entire company. And so them trying to remember every single person's favorite thing is just really unfair. Trying to be able to manage that is really difficult. Um, so the personalization piece is is something that they get very excited about where we have a conversation and what's a more can be more of a mental shift with um, some of our customers is there's this balance between control and personalization. If you control and you select certain vendors, you know exactly what your employees are going to use this for. And that can be very comfortable for some folks. Now, the other side of that is you're going to have very low engagement in all likelihood. And so you may be not driving the outcomes that you want. But in order to get personalization, some of those controls kind of have to, to go away. You need to open that up. So not defining family as just you know, husband, wife, kids, families come in a lot of configurations. Families could mean mother-in-law could mean your friend group could be your family. could be your kids could be all kinds of things. Could be grandparents. Easing up on that is something that is a conversation that we have with a lot of customers. And that usually goes something along the lines of, uh, okay, so what if somebody uses, buys a television with the health and wellness account? That doesn't seem like that should be allowed. I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> right? At, at first blush, you're like, okay, maybe not. I'm like, okay, what if that employee has an extra 50 pounds they need to lose to get healthy? And what if that television is for their new basement gym because they're not comfortable going to an actual gym and they're trying to build that out so they can get healthier and that's why they're doing it. They're like, yeah, that'd be great. I'm all for that. I'm like, do you want to have that conversation with a thousand different employees? And they're like, no, I don't. I don't. I think I'm good. I'm like, you hired good people for a reason. They can't do anything illegal on the platform. You have to have a receipt anyways. And most of this is taxable income anyhow. So if it's taxable income, you hired good people, then just trust that they're going to do the right thing. We've seen over the last two and a half years, I think three items rejected on our entire platform across everyone. When you reduce the rules, employees don't look for edge cases. The more rules you have, the more you find edge cases. And so, it, <laughs> I mean, and I did this myself, right? I, I created my own mess. And one of my companies, I had an expense policy that I'm not kidding was about 25 pages long. And these sales guys would still find the edge cases. And in my next company, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, we're just going to be behave like adults. And suddenly they stopped finding edge cases. I'm like, I could have made this much easier on myself if I just stopped trying to like march them into this like narrow definition. Um, and then they just, you know, they stopped trying to bend the rules because there wasn't a rule. It's find something that supports you and your family. Go do that. And you'd find that people typically do the right things. We spend so much time worrying about how is somebody going to take advantage of this? Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to how many other people is it going to help? And, exactly. you know, is, is that worth the risk? And most of the time, you know, is it worth the risk that one person might take advantage right. and use it to buy a $400 TV? I mean, we're not talking about thousands right. and thousands of dollars on TVs right. anymore. It's, it is that balance. I mean, yeah. the, the, the data has borne out like the instances of fraud or trying to do that stuff, you know, even with like Expensify, it's like less than 1%. Yeah. So you're creating a lot of rules and regulations for again, what is likely less than 10 people in your company. And every HR person knows who those 10 people are anyways. So go look at their receipts. Like right. you already know, you already know who the likely <laughs> characters are anyhow. Ignore everything else, look at those 10 people and you're probably yeah. gonna find that they're doing the right thing anyways. Um, exactly. What's been interesting is like, instead of going through it at a review process and assuming like, okay, uh, making sure the employees aren't, you know, quote unquote stealing, which of course they're not, um, by doing something that's inappropriate. What we find is that companies will pull a data dump uh, you know, once a quarter or once a year and look at how everyone is spending and then have a conversation that people aren't living up to their cultural values. So it still might align with the category. It still might align and be fine, you know, like technically okay, but maybe it doesn't line up with your culture. Mm -hmm. And that's a different conversation and a much higher level conversation for HR to be having with an employee versus getting into the minutia around payroll. Um, and so it's, it's taking it to a much better place and a much more productive place is what we found. Amy, like we mentioned, we're tying this interview into a, a bigger conversation with our Twitter chat. And certainly a lot of the focus has been around remote work. And yeah, as, as we talked about earlier, you know, with the rise of COVID-19, seeing more and more organizations move to work from home, remote work, and culturally, a lot more people ex accepting and getting used to that or and, and even not just supporting, but even promoting and, and, mm -hmm. and seeing it in a positive way. Steal a phrase from the world right now. How do you see comp flattening the curve for employees mm -hmm. when it comes to this shift? Well, it's interesting. Like a, a fair number of our customers were already at least partially remote, if not fully remote. Uh, before this happened. And then we've got some that, you know, we've got a railroad maintenance company in Wisconsin, definitely not used to remote work and is now being forced to be fully remote. And so there's some big cultural transitions, as you mentioned, that are happening right now. What we've seen is that, you know, if you have a traditional perks program where everything is geared around vendors at your office, that just doesn't work. Like even if it's we reimburse gym memberships or whatever, people can't go to the gym. They can't use the benefits that you have. And that's been the reality for remote workers since there were remote workers. Headquarters gets all kinds of cool stuff and you get nothing. Now that more people are feeling that pain, companies are starting to address it. And that's where something like comps can work because every person can have completely different vendors that they're using in every single house. And so it allows for that personalization to really allow every person to be supported without having to change an infrastructure. So it moves seamlessly for our customers as they went from being fully in office to fully remote. That moved seamlessly. They didn't have to change anything in our software. And the benefits just translated straight over. And that's been really powerful because they could be like, look, you can use that account if you need to go set up like a remote office, go do that. You know, here's a way to do that. We've already earmarked these funds. Just go do what you need to do. We like easy. Easy is a good <laughs> thing. I mean, nobody has time for complicated. Like we just don't. We don't, but we 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 like to make things complicated um, in the HR world, especially when it comes to you know perks and benefits and all of that. Yep. It, it seems like we make it more and more complicated. So I, I like that you guys have something that's just here. It is. It's easy. Yep. plug and play. And here's how it can help everybody. I, I work for a very large corporation and we have, you know, our headquarters is in Sioux Falls, but we have main 
um, offices in uh, North Dakota and Minnesota, but we're in 26 states. We that's hard we, to manage. It's hard to manage. I mean, we had to. Re- we used to have all of our big HR meetings um, that would start at 8 a.m. Well, mm. that's not good for our HR people right. in Hawaii. <laughs> right. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> 8 a.m. Central Time. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. But everybody wins because nobody wants to go to a meeting at 8 a.m. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> no, it's been interesting. I mean, it's it, what. I, I've appreciated being able to to build this product is coming from HR and understand why HR says no. Like I had to say no so often because there's so many laws. There's so many Department of Labor laws. There's so many tax laws that so many plans and programs and vendors just don't get because they're creating something where you're going to create liability for the company without even like before you're even out of the gate. So things like just simple things like eligibility. If you're picking and choosing, this employee can have access to this day one, but we're going to make this employee over here wait 30 days. Suddenly, if those two employees are falling in different buckets, you've just created a mess for yourself. <laughs> so it's like baking those things into the software so that HR doesn't even have to think about it. The tax is compliant. You're making sure that people, regardless of what their profile is, are all being treated the same and equally. We're addressing those tax and labor laws so that HR doesn't have to worry about that because that is a huge issue and a huge reason that I said no to 90% of the software that walked in my door on when I was on the buy side. So I'm like, look, you just, you're just you making it to where I'm discriminating against this entire group of people. That just doesn't work. I can't do that. Well, Amy, we always like to get the inside scoop too. Any new pro- news or product changes that you have coming that you want to share with our audience? Um, Well, we do have a big announcement that just came out Friday, actually. So we closed a big funding round uh, with uh, Harlem Capital Partners out of New York City, Impellent Ventures out of upstate New York, and Slack, actually, which has been pretty exciting. So we're there. Um, one of their first investments in Boston. They're obviously big on remote and dispersed teams. And so we're really excited to be partnering with them um, because there's a lot of synergies between our two software platforms. So that's some of the big news that we have coming out right now. Um, on the, the software side, we have uh, a lot of cool stuff planned, obviously, now that we have additional funding. Um, there's some pretty cool things in the works uh, around kind of international expansion, as well as m- making this work for even larger companies. Very cool. Well, Amy, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. So when you were a child, what career did you dream of having? I had, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Northern California, about five and a half hours north of San Francisco, um, and didn't have a television until I was 13. So I, uh, when I did get access to a television, I, there were some very random, very uh, movies that kind of influenced the way I thought about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so the thing that stuck in my mind was this movie Medicine Man that, um, or maybe it was Medicine Woman. I don't even remember. Uh, but it was, they, were, they, were, they were doing this medical research in the Amazon and figuring out how to cure some disease. And I just thought that was the coolest job ever to be like embedded with this tribe in the Amazon and trying to figure out how to cure big diseases. I thought that was really cool. So I thought my path was going to be in science. Um, was that Sean Connery? Yes, it was. Okay. Medicine Man. It was Medicine, Medicine Man. Man. It was Medicine Man. All right. Yeah. So good. I loved that movie. But that made me think of like, oh my gosh, I could go into like medical research. And like, I got, I got pretty deep into that for a while um, as a kid. Amy, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? 
A woman by the name of Heather Doshe. So she's the VP of people at Webflow and is an absolutely amazing, dynamic woman. She has been, they've been championing the fully remote kind of concept for a while, uh, but is an absolute powerhouse. She's amazing. So a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them? I mean, there's a lot of things, right? Uh, breathe, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> I think one of the things that is really important for especially uh, kind of new new people into HR is to really think about how like there is a lot of rules and regulations that going into being in HR, but thinking about how can we do this in a way that can truly be personalized across all parts of HR, not just parks, obviously, but thinking about that personal aspect. So whether you're trying to build out a, a resourcing plan, whether you're trying to figure out how to do performance management, every single person you're interacting with is a human being and we need to figure out how to we're moving into like we don't want to cookie cutter people because people aren't cookie cutter shapes and so trying to figure out how to engage at that level I think is really important and where I've seen the most amazing HR people I've worked with have been incredibly powerful in that area. Amy how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or even your community at large? I spend a fair amount of time kind of bridging between it's still HR and finance, you know, given my background, but I spend a lot of time actually on compensation negotiation within the the broader community. Uh, one of the things that being a former CFO has given me access to a lot of data on what people make for salaries. And so t spending a lot of time with HR directors and thinking through compensation philosophy and how we close that pay gap. Some of that starts with the way a company even deals with negotiations. So working on the company side, but then also working with individuals and trying to help, especially women and people of color, make sure that they're getting paid fairly on the way in. Because if you're not paid fairly on the way in, it just you're, you're going to have a gap forever. So I spend a lot of time on compensation. What is your favorite movie? I have, again, going back to that no television until 13 yeah. kind of thing. I've got some strange ones. Yeah, you know, I get <laughs> I get mocked mercilessly by my in-laws. Like some of my more recent favorites are like Devil Wars Prada. I think it's a phenomenal oh. movie. I love Meryl Streep uh, and Anne Hathaway, actually, for that matter. I really love The Intern with Anne Hathaway as well, because it speaks to like startup space and building a company. And I think that's pretty awesome. And then Thomas Crown Affair is another one of my favorites oh, with Pierce Brosnan. And uh, Rene Russo. I think that's just like fun little whodunit. That is a fun movie. I have not watched that in years. We might have to have to see if that's streaming. I, I have a feeling everything is right now. <laughs> that, that is kind of a nice thing right now is all mm -hmm. those movies are going yeah. you can watch them straight at home. We love movies. So, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? I float between a lot. Uh, kind of, I just keep going through music. Right now I'm listening to a lot of Billie Eilish. And I like the, the newish Taylor Swift album, too, actually. How about a favorite TV show? I watch bad TV, admittedly bad TV. <laughs> There's a lot of Bravo that I watch. Um, so I, I love Real Housewives of New York and New Jersey. And those are the only two of the franchise that I watch. Um, and, but I also love like Project Runway, too. But I watch, I watch a lot of, yeah, a lot of Bravo. Now that is self-described bad TV. We we Agreed. get a lot of people yeah. that talk about some of those shows. Some of them I'd never heard of until people have mentioned right. them. I mean, here. I I love those shows. I just yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it's not like I'm watching you know something super deep there, but it's it's fun and like I don't know, it's oddly relatable when you live on the East Coast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to tell you, Amy, we get Taylor Swift more than I ever would have thought. She's we do get awesome. a lot of Taylor. 
We get a lot of Tay Tay. And I don't, I'm an old man. I don't get it. I mean, she seems cool, but I just don't get it. I think one of the things that I really appreciate about her is that, I mean, she's incredibly talented. She writes her own music. She writes her own songs. It's not referential to other types of music. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, she continues to stand up for what she believes in. And I really appreciate that. That's something that really resonates with me. It's another reason, like Beyonce is another person that is an absolute favorite of mine because she's got such a powerful voice and she uses it um, in such an amazing way. And so there's just a lot of really incredible artists that um, I think do that. And not many people put Beyonce, I think, and Taylor Swift in the same conversation. And oh, you'd be I might, surprised. I might get we some get a lot Twitter hate for that, but, uh, no. but I think they're both amazing, amazing women uh, in their own right. We get a lot of Beyonce too. Yeah. We get a lot of Beyonce. Too. In fact, that is that is Wendy's dream guest for. Oh, yes. for I mean, Woman I don't, Girl. I don't blame you on that. Have you seen <laughs> her in concert yet? I have not. Um, oh. It's it's hard to go to concerts here because yeah. they don't yeah. come. Yeah, <laughs> we get a lot that. of country and and yep. you know, old old rock. But yeah, um, yeah I Beyonce's probably Minneapolis is probably the yeah. closest that she's been. Same with uh, Taylor Swift might have been to Sioux Falls a couple of times, but yeah. I don't I don't think Beyonce's been here yet. Yeah, she might not have. It'd be worth the trip to Minneapolis to see her. Like that is such an amazing performance. Like, yeah, there's less being able to get. I get all of those concerts in Boston, obviously, which yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah, Amy, if you're not watching Devil Wears Prada, the intern, or <laughs> Thomas Crown, if you're not listening to Billie Eilish or Taylor Swift or Beyonce, and not watching what you describe self-described <laughs> yeah. as bad TV, fair enough. What else do you like to do outside of work? I spend a lot of time hiking, actually. So I'm a, I'm a big outdoors girl. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the mountains. And so that's my go clear my head space and just go and kind of be in a natural environment. I find that so invigorating. So that's where I spend a lot of my time. Awesome. Finally, Amy, it is Amy Sperling Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? We're starting the day off with chocolate cake because that oh, nice. so that's happening for breakfast. Nice. And then maybe, you know, maybe a bellini or something like that. And then easing into brunch, obviously. So it's all food based. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> so a lot of a food based Yay, day. brunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think and then at some point we'll be outside. Like that's that nice. was what would happen uh, in, you know, Amy's furling day. <laughs> But the chocolate cake is key. Chocolate cake and then go have some mimosas and brunch. Yeah. And, oh, exactly. yeah. yes. You're not going to feel I mean, good the day after Amy Sperling Day. <laughs> so you might need like a, uh, like, you know, a personal trainer day after that. But, you know, oh, <laughs> you know there, there's been some conferences that that's you start out that way yep. all the way yep. through and then a week to recover. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Amy, I appreciate the fact that, and this has become a very popular question for us. People like thinking about how they're going to celebrate their day. I think you're the first person to mention food first. (laughs) So often we have to ask somebody like, what are we eating? What are we we going to, you know, eat and drink? But I love the fact that you, you launch right in with chocolate cake and bellinis and then we'll figure it out from there. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's like escaping to the out of doors. Yeah. No, it starts with cake. You always have to start with breakfast. It's either going to be pie or cake. We're going to take our pick. Yeah. Uh, All right, Amy, we're in. And all the way. <laughs> Love it. Amy, we are, again, so appreciative of being able to start this relationship with you and with Compton and, and appreciate having this time together for the show and, and certainly looking forward to the podcast or to the chat rather mm-hmm. uh, that, that's coming up. Listeners that aren't connected with you or, or that want to learn more about Compt, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? 
They can check us out at our website, uh, www.compt.io, or they can email me at amy at compt.io. Excellent. We will have that in the show notes and links to links to the site. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily, D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on uh, Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the podcast, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. Definitely go check out Compt and yes. all the great things that they're doing. Thank you, Compt. Some really cool, yes, thank you again. Some <laughs> cool, really, I, again, just great conversation about what you all are doing. Mm-hmm. That I, I love the fact that it that it's HR people in mind in terms of ease of use and spreading the wealth, yes. letting everybody have the chance. Good for and, both, and I, both I, sides. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> de- definitely appreciate that. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 